0: You're listening to the DolphinsTalk.com Podcast Network.
1: You're listening to a weekly podcast made by Miami Dolphin fans for Miami Dolphin fans. Your source for entertaining Dolphin news, insight, and general conversation. Here's your host, Michael Fink. And it's another Wednesday. I'm here with uh, Louis Argoni hello DA fans, and jim johnson's back hello 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 so today we're going to talk about a few different things we'll talk about the uh dual coordinators we'll talk about uh, the defense and uh, uh what we think you know is going to happen with the defenders that we have and uh we'll talk a little bit about tua and uh let's go ahead and, and start with uh the senior bowl now uh I don't know if you guys watched the game or not, but it was, I'm not going to talk much about the game itself, but at the very end, uh, it was kind of funny because the, the you know, Flores was kind of had a, had an eye behind him and he was aware that they were coming with the Gatorade bucket and, uh, uh, you could see that he was watching and looking and watching and looking, but the players finally got him and, uh, he expected it to be ice water and it was a big bucket of Reese's peanut butter cups that he got dumped over his head so he got a kick out of that and i kind of thought it was funny and uh that's about all i'm going to say about the senior bowl other than he won the game and uh, that was kind of cool to see
2: yeah it was it was pretty comical to watch that clip you know he's he's got his shoulders all up he's thinking he's going to get a cold ice water and it was uh just a bunch of reese's cups so that was uh pretty good
1: pretty funny Yep. so uh hey what you guys think of uh this trade that took place this week with uh Goff going to Detroit for Matthew Stafford.
0: Well, they set the buy uh, the uh, the bar high, didn't they, Mike? Um, in regard to what they gave up Oof. to get Stafford, Oof. thirty two year old quarterback. I mean, what in the hell is
1: well, they, Houston
0: going to get at this point? Well, I they, mean, they
1: did that for the contract, though. It's it's two totally different situations. They they were basically buying, you know, getting paid for buying the contract right
0: i get that but my goodness i mean awful lot for a 32 year old quarterback i do get all that mike and as you weigh it out i'm still i'm still shaking my head oh yeah i mean the rams you know the rams have been doing this i mean this isn't the first time they've done it no they like to give up their early draft picks they feel that there's more value in you know than these veteran guys and i mean they are right there and they i guess they feel that stafford is going to be a step up well he golf. is a
1: step up don't you think so
0: uh, yeah i do but how much of a step up is the question is he a guy that's gonna win a super bowl for you maybe i mean you know it's tough to say it's it is tough to say yeah it-
2: at least Stafford can play most of the games where where Goff really struggled to be on the field a lot of the time so but the main thing to me is is how desperate were they to to move that contract for Jared Goff that's that's mind blowing to me crazy
0: yeah it is well, i mean for those
1: that don't know they, they uh, Detroit receives a uh, 2022 first round pick a 2023 first round pick they receive a, in a third this year and, uh, obviously Detroit, uh, takes on golf salary. Yeah. So, you know, it was an expensive deal both ways actually, you know? So, but, uh, you know, they, they, they took off in return and, and certainly, you know, he's probably just going to be a bridge quarterback for a couple of seasons until, uh, our old buddy gets that ship, uh, in order.
0: Mm-hmm. Yep. Campbell. Yep. He he did a pretty good job when he was here for us, so I expect him to, you know, have that team playing good football. Uh, You know, like I said, he did a solid job. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if Detroit winds up taking a young quarterback as well. Uh, They pick what seventh in the draft Uh this year, something like that. So they could very well go after a young quarterback and go that route. But um, yeah, I mean, the trade interesting. I mean, they got quite a few number one picks and. You know, the Rams are, boy, they're banking on Stafford because that window is closing. You know, I know they signed Cooper Cup to to a contract extension, but uh, there's other guys on that roster, you know, some veteran guys on on the defensive side of the football that they've only got a couple more years out of. So um, they're, they're, they're going for the home run this year. You know, they're trying to get to that Super Bowl and get that Super Bowl win. You know, all the power to them. You know, it is what it is. I love stuff like that, you know. It makes, Yeah, I do. It makes it very exciting. You know, uh, you, see in, you, you see two teams make a deal like that, it's just, you know, it's great. And going forward, I think we're going to see a lot of this type of thing.
1: Oh, yeah, I do. I do too. Uh, especially with quarterbacks because their, their salaries are so freaking high.
0: It's crazy. It's crazy.
2: Some of these massive contracts are just hard for teams to manage long haul. So they're going to do these trade maneuvers just to, to manage the numbers.
1: Well, that that contract with Goff was a terrible contract. He never should have got that kind of money.
2: Yeah, well, we can say that about a lot of them. But um, the biggest thing is…
1: Who who else do you think is grossly overpaid?
0: (sighs) Boy. Cousins, maybe? I mean, in Minnesota? That's a good
1: good example.
0: I mean, he's good, but is he… He's not that good. That money good? You know, the money that he has? Is he that good? And… Bridgewater, I don't know what contract he was signed to this year by the Saints, but I think they I don't gave. think it was crazy. Yeah, it may not have been crazy, but just the same, I mean, they, you know, they overvalue some of these. Guys. And listen, it's not only the quarterback position.
1: I mean, no, but it's the one that hurts you the most because it's generally the highest dollar.
0: Absolutely. I mean, if you
1: don't get that return on your investment, your team is going to suffer. That's the point.
0: Big time, big time, and you look at these guys, and I'll tell you, you know, there's not an awful lot of guys across the board that I would invest that kind of money in.
1: You know, I mean, now we're talking forty million a year. It used to be, you know, twenty five, thirty million, and we were complaining. Now it's forty million. Of course, the cap goes up with it, but not this year.
0: It, 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 you know, I that they have to do something in regard to that. It has to be, it's getting ridiculous. I mean, when you have to handcuff your whole team because of one or two players, I mean, they have to come up with something. And I know that the, you know, the players union is not going to agree to anything that is going to per se favor the owners, whereas it it's not necessarily favoring the owners. It is, but at the same token, it's allowing you to manage your team in a certain way, and keep some of your core players together because, I mean, these contracts just—they just strap your
1: team in, entirely well, too Lewis, much. what bothers me and what I think needs to be fixed is, is the exactly what Deshaun Watson is doing.
2: Exactly. Yes. Well, when, that's you, when part you sign of it, a yes.
1: contract and you decide you're going to bail on it, I, I think that's a problem, and I think that is bad for the game. I think it's bad for the fans, and I think it's bad for the game.
0: Agreed. Absolutely. And I don't care. Mike, we talked about this weeks ago. And I didn't care about the reasoning behind it. He's on the contract. And I understand that he may have been lied to, so on and so forth. But you know what? You're making a lot of money. You may not be happy with where the organization is going. And maybe they did, in fact, lie to him. But the bottom line is you signed the contract. You're obligated to that contract. And you know, doing all of this stuff it does it, it sets it puts him in a position and then going forward other players in a position to follow what he is doing if in fact he gets I mean, what he look, wants
1: Fitzpatrick did it here you know and right. it's becoming a trend and i think it's something that the nfl players association and the ownership has to get together and, and put a stop to it yes uh, my my personal solution is make these players sit out a year and uh before a trade can take place, and that way they they're going to lose a year's salary. They'll use lose a portion of their signing bonus, and uh, if they still want to go, then they can go.
0: Right, there's got they have to exactly that's a possibility. They have to come up with something, but the commissioner is. Yeah, I mean, I just don't see him as doing anything in regard to that. That's well, I mean, not I, really
1: his place. The the NFLPA and the ownership have to do it. It's not the commissioner's job. But
0: he's got to be a mediator in the process. Mike. Correct. I, I, I th- That's you know that's where I'm coming from. He has to be. The mediator, he has to get both sides together and on the same page because it is going in a in a bad direction. Well, as I'm not mentioned. sure they
1: can do anything until the next CBA, which happens to be, I think, ten years from now, because they just signed a new CBA. So, yeah, their hands. We're not going to see right a solution now, to think. it anytime soon.
0: No, we're not. We're not. I mean, we're going to have to deal with it. It's unfortunate, um, but this is going to be the norm going forward. Depending on what takes place now, the way Pittsburgh handled the Bell situation was was pretty the right good. Right way to handle it, right? right. The right way yeah, to man. handle it. That's it. You know. Okay, fine. Sit out. You're not going to get paid. You know. After st- that's it. End the story. And uh, do what you may. You don't want to show up. You're not going to get paid. That's the bottom yep. line. So we'll see what happens. Um, it's going to be very very interesting going forward. I mean, and plus
1: they have fines to pay if they don't show up.
0: Right. Right. Exactly. right, exactly, and
2: they, they have fines plus loss of rev, you know, income, yep. so.
0: I mean, let, let's talk about on Bell for a minute. I mean, guys, looking, looking back on that, was that a smart decision by him? No. Exactly. It backfired on him. It, I mean, the guy is, I mean, I'm telling you, he's on the verge of being out of the league unless he settles for a very small contract. Quarterbacks Next have year. a
1: little bit of an advantage over the running backs in that they can generally have a longer career. That's the difference, I would think.
0: Oh, big time. Absolutely. But I was just using him as an example. Yeah. It just yeah, wasn't no. a very good decision on his part.
1: No, it, was, it wasn't smart at all. You only have so many years in the league, you can't be giving them away. Exactly. Yeah,
2: he, he basically sat out what could have been his best year in the NFL.
0: Exactly. Right. And he could have been with a very solid football team. And you know what? Pittsburgh didn't miss a beat without him. And uh, that's the way they felt, and that's the way teams should handle this going forward. I mean, I'm sorry, people are not going to agree with us, and you know that. Uh, but the bottom line is, is that you sign that contract, you put your name on it, you're obligated to it, and that's
1: it. And, you, and you spent your signing bonus, you know? You, you took a lot of money <laughs> in exchange for signing that contract. So, you know, you, you, you got to do your time, so to speak. Agreed. So, anyway. Um, I'm going to give my thoughts on the uh, dual coordinator situation with uh, Godsey and Studsville. Okay.
0: Well, Mike, you want to you know, you talk about exactly what they did? Because maybe there's some Dolphin fans out there that have uh, actually shut it down after the season ended. They may yeah. not know what's going on.
1: Well, I mean, uh, obviously, Chan Gailey's no longer here, and uh, Flores had had some candidates, and uh, they either got promoted where they were, or you know, they they just didn't come here to interview for whatever reason. So he, you know, had these two guys in house who he liked, and he had to decide, you know, what what he's going to do with the position. So he decided that uh, instead of replacing, uh, you know. Gailey was somebody from outside the organization. He has these two coaches who he's going to allow to share the responsibility. Uh, now, Studsville is going to be responsible for the running game, and and uh, uh, Godsey for the passing game. So, um, and I, I think it's kind of understandable if if you give it a little bit of thought. Uh, I, I think the key here, guys, is they wanted to keep the continuity. Um, they didn't want all the terminology to change and. Uh, uh, I think they wanted to keep the offense similar uh, to what was here last year. And uh, well, do we be- really want that? Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. We do. We uh, do. No, I
0: do. I'm saying yes. You do want that, but you don't want the same results.
1: Well, we right. have
0: we have to have different results from right. From, yeah from you
1: know but at least the linemen are going to know the you know what they know and they don't have to start all over again and, and the, you know Tua doesn't have to start all over again because that's not good no that holds you back so uh they'll have that continuity and that's good uh and uh they're gonna you know construct around the offense to what you know Tua does well and uh they're going to need to develop, you know, the run game, uh, to where that can be successful. Now they, they hired, uh, Charlie Fry to coach Tua and, uh, he should have a little bit of an influence on the passing game. I, I, for people that don't know him, he was part of the, uh, big 11 and, uh, Tua got to know him, uh, when he came out of high school before he went to Alabama. And, uh, yeah, it's a big national program where they take the top 11 quarterbacks and, uh, they get coached up, and he they, he coached Tua then, and that's how he got to know him. And uh, evidently, Tua likes him a lot. So that was a hire, I think, to you know make Tua happy. And uh, that's also a reason I think he's not going anywhere. That move makes me think that Watson's not going to be a possibility. Yeah, go ahead, Jim.
2: Yeah, I, I basically agree with your your thoughts there with uh with the Fry hire. Uh, they wouldn't have brought him in if they, they weren't trying to make this thing with Tua work out to the you know, the best possible way.
0: Yeah, I mean, going back to the initial thing you were talking about, Mike, in regard to the dual um, offensive coordinators, it's interesting. I don't know if that's been done before. It has. It has. Okay, so it, it is interesting to me. Um, I like the fact that these are guys that that have been here. And more importantly, they know what, what they have, the, the personnel they worked with all last year, so they know what these guys are capable of doing. They know what our necessities are going forward, obviously, because they were with the team. They don't come in here blind and they're looking at film that they, they were with these guys and practice day in and day out in the film rooms with them. They understand what their weaknesses and strengths are. So that's a major positive. Um, and I do like the fact that he, he kept it in house. Um, you know and hopefully they have some different philosophies come game time play calling gets a little bit better because i didn't agree with a lot of the play calling this year regardless of the personnel but with all that being said i think it's i think it's a smart move and um you know i hopefully it works out
2: yeah i was initially kind of confused by uh you know, two guys doing one job per, per se. Uh, but like you said, uh, Godsey's supposed to be handling the pass game and Studsville uh, will be handling the running plays. Uh, another thing that kind of entered my mind is Studsville's got some defensive uh, coaching on his resume. and So does Godsey. Yeah. And uh, so that will help them uh, with a little defensive intuition per se uh, to know. You know that that background may help them understand. Well, you know, it's
1: funny, Jim, that you bring that up because there's this theory that if you coach defense, you don't know offense, and if you coach offense, you don't know defense, and that's so untrue.
2: Right, I know. Because I agree. how do
1: you scheme against something you don't know? You know what I mean? Oh yeah. Exactly. It, it makes no sense. So just just wanted to get that off my chest.
2: There you mm-hmm. go. Well, we appreciate you doing that, Mike. But it's even still, though, you know, actually knowing it and then actually coaching it is is somewhat different. So, you know, I think that will help them, uh, you know, maybe design plays or or understand how players may react to plays. But I just got to hope it works. Uh, I am happy, like you guys have said, about the continuity because, you know, two two years and two offensive coordinators, two sets of plans and all of that. And, and for this third year to go into a third set of plans and plays is
0: Mm -hmm. not
2: going to help. And, and like you guys have already said, hopefully we can, you know, kind of move full speed ahead rather than having to take two steps back and then forward.
1: Yep. Now, you know, Godsey was an offensive coordinator for a few seasons in Houston. So he's had experience installing an offense. Studsville has coached running backs for the Giants. He coached Tiki Barber in in Buffalo. He coached Fred uh, Jackson and Marshawn Lynch. Uh, He ended up in Denver and uh, was the interim coach when Josh McDaniels was let go. Uh, He worked for John Fox. He worked for Gary Kubiak, and he also worked for our old buddy, Vance Joseph.
0: he's got a nice resume. There's no question about that. These guys
1: have been around and, and, and Fry doesn't have that kind of experience, but he, he was a, uh offensive coordinator and quarterbacks coach at uh, Central Michigan. And Mm -hmm. uh, he had a pretty nice offense up there. They rushed for 218 yards a game and uh, uh, they ended up leading the conference in 2019 with 6,070 total yards. And and for those that don't know, he did play quarterback in the NFL. He was a backup and I think Mm -hmm. he had 23 starts in his career. He wasn't a great quarterback, but he played the position. Yeah. You know, if I'm...
2: If I'm Brian Flores and you look at the options on the table, uh, you know if you bring somebody new in, if they're any good at what they do, they're going to come in as an offensive coordinator and then they're going to be gone the following year for some head coaching job. So, you know, I like it this way. We got in-house guys, and uh, we just got to hope the
1: plan works. A couple of examples of uh, when it's been done, uh, you know, as as I mentioned before the show, Joe Philbin did it in Green Bay. In Kansas City in uh, 2016, they went 12 and 4 doing it. Uh, Minnesota did it defensively in 2019, and they went 10 and 6. Their defense uh, ranked fifth in scoring, and they were 14th in total defense. Uh, the 49ers in 2019 did it on offense, and they went 13 and 3. You know, it has been done. It's not something that is as unique as people think it is. You know, it just a lot of times you don't give both the guys that are doing it the title. And that's what's unique here. You normally don't see that. Right. Uh, you know, Flores was the defensive coordinator, you know, in, in New England a couple of seasons ago with Belichick. But he wasn't called the defensive coordinator for whatever reason. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it is what it is, but, uh, it's not unusual. Colleges do it a lot and, uh, you're starting to see it filter into the pros. You guys want to talk about, uh, our defense?
0: Our defense. What are we going to talk about our defense?
1: Well, in regard to, I was going to ask you guys a question and see if you can get close. Okay. Both you take a turn, who do you, who do you think was the top four, uh, defenders grade wise?
0: Who on our team was yep. t- one guy you're talking
1: about? Who were the top four? Name the top four oh, players the, you know, that
0: you think rated the best. Well, X-Man's got to be right up there. Yeah. Right. That is number one. Go ahead, Jim. I'll let you take number two.
2: I'm going to say, uh, uh, yeah, Raquan Davis.
0: He's number three. Gotcha. Hmm. And now it gets tough. <laughs> um, let's go with uh, McCain no okay jim
2: uh <laughs> I, i'm having a complete brain fart right now oh, it's the slot whoa. the slot cornerback that was so bad in preseason two years ago
1: no 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 um,
0: uh maybe one of the Ogba, defa- maybe i mean i that's a stretch though well
1: lawson was number four who was number two Hey, guys, this is Mike again, uh, breaking in for a second just to ask a favor of you. We would like to request that you go to Apple Podcasts and leave us a review and rate the show. Uh, Let us know how we're doing. We'd very much appreciate it. Thank you. And fins up.
0: Couldn't have been Byron. Was it Byron Jones? No. No. The other corner? I didn't think so. I don't know, Mike. All right. Let's just, you know, this isn't trivia week. So let's just spit if it I out. If I say there.
1: AVG, can you figure it out?
0: Yeah. Van Ginkle.
1: Yes, sir. Okay. Yep.
0: You see now I, <laughs> he was the first guy that came to mind, but when we talked week in and week out, Mike, in regard to grades, he didn't seem to be grading out that well in certain aspects, but I mean, he made so many big plays. Well,
1: all together, he ended up second on the defense. Now fifth on the defense was Sealer.
0: How about Siler, that? Yeah, yeah
1: two- sixth was Wilkins. So you know, our first round pick <laughs> is number six, and a couple of these. Uh,
0: yeah, right. Siler, other guys are ahead of him, So Siler being ahead of him is yep, you know, yep. it's, and that's not that's not good. Finished
1: eighth. Jones finished ninth. McCain okay. was tenth, and uh, Nick Needham. I don't even see. I'm sure he's on here somewhere, but he ain't nowhere near the top. No.
0: I wouldn't think so. Jerome he Baker
1: struggled. was 18th, and the coach keeps raving about him. So you know, yeah, it is what it is.
0: I, but, you know, Mike, uh, I, and we talk about Jerome Baker. I mean, he, he just disappears. I mean, he does. Uh, you had another. He's got another season under his belt, and this was a year that we felt was very important for him. He didn't do much more than he normally does, and he and he had some nice players around him. I mean, in years past. We said, you know what? He doesn't have a lot to work with. He doesn't have a strong defensive line in front of him. The ends are horrible, and they weren't. Not this past season, the season prior. We had some horrible ends. The linebackers that were playing next to him were not that great. But, I mean, when you – talk about Van Ginkle and how he played and you talk about Van Oy being brought in and in uh, uh Roberts as well another strong linebacker and then you had Sealer and some of these uh, you know Ogba and these defensive linemen come in you would have expected him to get be a little better
1: right yeah, right be freed up a little bit be yeah. freed yeah. up
0: a little bit more make more plays you know be able to to get involved more and you just never saw it. And I don't know if, you know, again, I talk about this all the time. Sometimes these guys just are what they are and, and that's it. You know, we're not going to see anything more out of him than what we've seen. So I mean,
1: the way I see it, his strength is, is rushing the quarterback and especially when he's blitzing, but they don't blitz him that often. So
2: I I was going to say, he excelled in a few games when they sent him on blitzes, but it, it didn't happen very often. And, and he got left out, you know, trying to do things that just didn't seem like came natural to him.
0: Well, let, let's think about this for a minute. If that is, in fact, his strength, why did we see Van Ginkle, it, what seemed like Van Ginkle, blitzing a hell of a lot more and actually making plays because and getting the Because they were using
1: Baker in coverage more. Okay,
0: yeah. well, yeah. that's the answer to the question there. The point of the matter is, is that... Well, let, me,
1: let me compare the two for a second. Just give me a second. Uh, okay. Oh, yeah, big difference. Uh, Baker had 432 snaps in coverage, and Van Ginkle had 71. Right. Uh, right. Oh, big difference,
0: difference. right. Yeah. I mean, Van Ginkel, I think, was coming off the field a lot in certain situations in regard to, you know, uh, passing downs, where they were obvious passing downs. Yep. But I'll tell you what. In other situations, early downs and whatnot, Van Ginkle was able to make some plays in regard to getting to the quarterback or at least affecting the quarterback and, and what he was doing back in the pocket. So, um, I was really pleased with him, and I'm great to you know. I I love to hear that, Mike, because uh, you know we we were just raving about him all season and his play, and the fact that we got him so late in the draft and a guy that looks like he's going to be productive going forward. That's a major major plus when you when you get a guy like that late in the draft. It's outstanding. I mean, it looks like we got a nice starter there going forward.
1: Right. Plays with his hair on fire. You know, the kid is always hustling, and uh, it shows up. You see it.
0: Absolutely. So uh, in regard to the defense, we wanted to talk about what guys yeah. that we yeah, think- Yeah, we'll
1: talk about the positions. I'll go through the position real quick, and you guys can tell me who you think won't make it onto next year's roster. Okay. At safety, we have uh, Brandon Jones. We got Clayton Fedgelum, We got Kevon Frazier. We got Bobby McCain. We got Eric Rowe.
2: I'm going to say that Brandon Jones is a keeper, McCain and Rowe uh will be on the roster. The other guys I think are they're fillers. You know, we're probably going to bring in another safety, but uh I think Brandon Jones and McCain are definite keepers. Um and Rowe, you know, he really did pretty well. So I I think they're going to be at least uh on the roster they may not be starters anymore but uh you know i think those three well, guys if, are going to if
1: they're not starting you're not going to keep them because of their cap charges oh, uh, that's right.
0: true that's true yeah yeah what what do they have
1: both of them mike have one more year left on their contract i, I don't know exactly i'd have to look but i'm I think pretty that's, sure i think that's right
0: yeah because this is Rose's third season with us and i think he signed the three-year contract right so, yeah. uh, this next coming season, I should say, uh-huh. uh, that should be the final year on his contract, but yeah, agreed. I mean, if in fact they draft a young safety and he, you know, he just shows them a lot, you may see one of these guys as being expendable due to that. The, the fact you just well, mentioned. Well, they
1: like, they like Brandon Jones. So, I mean, he could theoretically take one of their spots, but, uh i you know i thought roe did okay except for when he went against the elite tight ends he couldn't cover the elite tight ends and i don't think that's a crime because i think most safeties have trouble otherwise they wouldn't be elite tight ends yeah uh, go ahead jim
2: yeah no no question there those elite tight ends get their catches usually no matter who's on them so uh that's not really a knock i mean roe had a lot of uh, a lot of success against them so
0: yeah the raider game I mean, he had great coverage. The guy I
1: yeah.
0: was six inches bigger. Yeah. And about he looked about a hundred pounds heavier. I can't yeah, even he was think. twice as big as he was. What's his name? I can't even think of his name, the tight end in, in Oakland. He's fantastic, the guy. Yep. I mean he's I a wide his,
1: I don't know his name off the top of my head, but you're right, He, he is a fantastic player. And mm-hmm.
0: and to Rose's credit, he was there. He just, you know, it, it, the guy was just too physical <laughs> and too big and too fast. Yep. You know? So yeah it was uh, but tough yeah, to, He did tough do a to good blame tip.
1: him that particular day agreed, so uh linebacker, we've got Jerome Baker, we've got Calvin Munson, we've got alandon Roberts, you got Camus Grisha Hill, you got uh, Kyle Van Noy, and that's it mm a little thin there, eh <laughs> a little bit, yeah Van Noy makes it back.
0: I don't know i mean i I've got mixed feelings on him uh that's a lot of money. I don't know if we got a good return on him last year. I think that, um, well, we'll get to those other guys that we signed as free agents when we get down to the defensive line. But um, I don't know if we got a good return on him. A couple well, of the he other- was decent
1: pe- rushing the passer. That was, that was probably his strength.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and he did miss quite a few games. So yep. he, didn't, he didn't have. They he played you know 14. what, 14. Eddie, P- Mike, but you know what? He did play. I was going to say he did play in 14 games, but I would say half of those he was were hurt. close to half. He was playing injured. I mean, yep. he was going out there and gutting it up. So, I mean, listen, they signed him to the contract. Um, if you look at the roster as a whole – um, uh, there's not a lot of depth there at all so you got to assume he's going to be there obviously van Ginkel, who we already talked about will be there yeah uh, it's definitely Baker. a
1: position of need so the question is how much thinner do you want to make it you know what i mean
0: exactly um i you know Gru gruger hill is an interesting guy and um you know roberts we we loved his play you know, he, he made an impact when he was in. I mean, he stuffed guys. I mean, you knew when he was hitting somebody.
1: Well, he hit like a truck, but he didn't do much else well. You know, he no. rushed the passer well. You know what I mean? But uh, beyond that, he really did He wasn't great in coverage, and it uh, wasn't a great tackler. missed a lot of tackles. But right. uh, when he hit you, you were hit.
0: <laughs> exactly. So just, I, I mean, listen, when we signed him, he was going to be you know a piece of the puzzle he wasn't right. going to be a, a, a full-time starter he was going to be a guy that was in 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 different situations and i think that with the amount of money they signed him to you may see him back but you know what they they need another strong linebacker go at ahead jim least, you were at saying least so- one.
2: Yeah, I I mean it's the same basic things that you guys have already spoken to. I mean uh, Roberts was a thumper, but you know we got rid of McMillan that was a you know a two down linebacker. Uh, You know we just talked about Baker who is out there running around, but he's not accomplishing a lot. Uh, And Vanoy, like you guys said, he's he was injured quite a bit. He made had a few. You know, great impact games with that one three sack game and a and a forced fumble and a fumble recovery. That was great to see, but that's a lot of money for a player that's not uh, always making plays for you.
1: I think Baker is capable of more, and I, I think it's up to the coordinator to get more out of him.
2: Mm-hmm. He
0: seems he very talented. He's just well. That's uh, what I'm
1: saying. I think yeah. there's I think there's more under that under that cover. You know.
0: Well, we got to get it out of him soon, Mike. I think what is this going to be his fifth season already? I mean, I think fourth, fourth. I think think, yeah, he's coming in the season four. I mean, regardless, four or five. That's that's you know, it's it's time. It really is. It's time. We thought this would be the year, and it wasn't. Um, so well,
1: like I said, they they used him a lot in coverage this year, and I understand it because they really didn't, you know, you'd, you'd rather him be in coverage than Van Noy, who's not as quick. and Van Noy was in coverage 255 snaps, uh-huh. right, right? So, you know, I mean, I get it, they really didn't have anybody else to uh cover from the linebacker position that was going to be able to do it, you know what I mean? So, that, that kind of Play, you know, played their hand. But they've got to find a solution to that, to where they can free this guy up and let him make plays.
0: Mm-hmm. I agreed.
1: Edge rushers. Uh, you had Tyshawn Render. You had Andrew Van Ginkle. You had Sam Equivon. You had Emmanuel Ogba. And you had uh, Shaq Lawson. hmm Who comes back?
0: I think the two free agents that we signed last year are definitely back. I mean, Lawson didn't have the same impact Ogba did especially in the first half of the season but they're both very solid football players and they were signed to you
1: know the contracts they signed weren't, weren't. and I agree, I agree with you I think both come back they have Jamie, to Mike you think so
2: yeah I figure that's the same two plus uh Andrew van Ginkel uh, right. those those three guys are really too valuable to let go for you know, just to risk it somewhere else. So yeah. I, I would Ed say Quibon those.
1: was just off the bench. You know, he yep. was a bench yep. player. And the same thing with Render. Render was really a special teamer and he only had, uh, uh, I don't know, uh, 15 snaps or
2: something. I was going to say, I don't remember him even yeah, seeing him on the field much. very much. So, mm-hmm.
1: defensive line, we had Sealer. We had uh, Wilkins. We had Jason Strowbridge, who we didn't see a lot of. We had Raquan Davis and uh, Benito Jones and uh, Devon Gotchow.
0: Hmm. Yeah, gotcha. I don't see him coming back. I think that Raekwon Davis sealed his fate. You guys agree with that for the most part? Yeah. Um, You know, Wilkins, he's got to improve, you know, going into season three. You know, we talk about these guys in our early draft picks and guys, first, second rounders. You know where he
1: does well, Lewis? He's he's good in the run game. He's gotten mm-hmm. better at stopping the run. What, what I want to see from him is some push in the pocket.
0: Non-existent. Really yep. is. I yep. mean, non-existent. I, I Did he have it? What do he have, a sack and a half maybe this year, if that? I don't even know. I mean, it, the, the I looked at his numbers uh, late in the year and they were not very good. And even the pressures, you know, you want to see that pocket being broke down in the middle, even if you don't get to the quarterback. Yeah. And um, you just don't say it. I mean, you see, when we play teams, the quarterback is sitting in that pocket which see, it seems like an eternity at times. And I mean in the pocket. I'm not talking about you know, being flushed out of the pocket and, and having time to throw. I'm talking about sitting right in the pocket, right there, smack in the middle. Uh, there were times with Josh Allen when we played Buffalo. I mean, that's the game that comes to mind because obviously it was the last game we played this
1: season. Yeah, but. and their offensive line is pretty good.
0: But regardless, Mike, I mean, you know, we've got, I don't care how good the other offense is Oh, I'm not making run.
1: excuses. I mean, you know, look, you know, Jason Taylor found a way to get it done. These guys got to find ways to get it done.
0: Exactly. I'm talking about over the course of four quarters, too. I mean, yeah. you know, you've got a quarterback just sitting there flat-footed and not even concerned about an inside pass rush. That's a problem. And it consistently happened last year, and it's something that – um yeah, you know, we we've got to get better at. There's no question about it. If we want to go to the next level, I mean, that's a concern. I mean, we did get some, you know, some some good pressure from the outside at times, but the inside pressure was, you know, next to non-existent all season and it it's something that ha- that we have to get better at. There's no question about that. In some
1: I thought Sealer provided some pressure. He
0: did. He yes. did, but, you know, uh, it, it was few and far between. Um You know, listen, Sealer, Mike, was a, you know, a scrappy pickup and we got plenty out of him. You know, we've got to start getting it out of a guy like Wilkins, a number one draft pick. And, um, you know, then you'll see Sealer play even that much better because Wilkins will attract more attention. And, um, you know, it frees up your defensive ends, it frees up, you know, your edge, you know, the edge guys, the linebackers, so on and so forth. I think Wilkins is getting handled pretty readily, you know, man on man. Maybe he gets doubled up once in a while, but he's got to make his presence known game in and game out. He's got to step his game up.
2: Yeah, I agree. I I need to see that pocket collapse right up the middle more often than what we do. So, yeah, he he definitely needs to uh get on the highlight film some more.
1: Wilkins is a good player. He's he not is. a great He's player. He's solid,
0: Mike. He's yep. solid. Yes. Yep. I mean, I I don't want anybody to take what I'm saying the wrong way. He is a very solid player, but you know, we Siler's a very solid player, Mike. Yep. You, yep. you understand my point, yep. you know, so dare mm-hmm. you know there's where, and I'm not, uh, I'm not you know. disagreeing
1: with your point. I just don't want to make it sound like uh, you know, he's uh, uh on his way out because I don't right. think that's the case. You know, he 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 does play well. Um he doesn't play well enough. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, when it comes to getting a, a pass rush. So, you know, he's exactly. either gonna get better at that or he's not, but uh we'll see. Who do you think right, doesn't stick?
0: Good. Uh I you know what, dude. <laughs> Well, I'll tell you, I mean, we already talked about uh, Gacha, right. uh, but I think all the other guys that are on this roster, I mean, Strobridge, we just didn't see enough of, right. and maybe right. he's a develop- he's developmental a remark, type, right. type guy. It, we don't know what they think about him. I mean, if they feel that, hey, this is a guy that we're grooming and he's going to become a football player, we just needed to work with him this year then maybe he's on the roster. Maybe he's not. I mean, we just don't know that because as you mentioned right off the bat, we just didn't see enough. And
1: I would say the same for Benito Jones.
0: Yes. Agreed. Yeah. I I figure Jones is kind of the
2: odd man out right now. Strobridge is a guy that I think they're, they're not ready to give up on yet. And, Mm -hmm. uh, well, or they, they just
1: drafted him. I would hope they don't give up on him yet.
2: Well, that's what I'm. That's what I'm saying. You know, other draft picks or or guys that they they felt was a lost cause, they just dumped him. They didn't care. So, agree. I'm, I'm pretty sure he's going to be on the roster next year, and and we'll see him on the field more, hopefully. But mm-hmm. uh, Jones would be the odd man out, most likely.
1: All right, cornerback: Higbinogany, Nick Needham, Tay Hayes, Jamal Perry, Xavier Howard, and Byron Jones.
0: Mm mm. Well, I mean obviously our two starters are coming back. I think Needham has value even though he uh he was just getting toasted quite a bit late in the year <laughs> especially in that Buffalo game. Um you know, I know he play I'm pretty sure he plays special teams as well. Yeah, you know, he's got value Needham and um
1: Big monogamy.
0: Uh, well, I mean, Mike, he's another guy that's, you know, developmental type player. I mean, you know, he's another guy that we drafted another first round pick that uh-huh. just didn't see a lot of the football field, even when Needham was struggling. Uh, you know, you would have.
1: You know, he, he was out there for 286 plays. You may not realize that.
0: Yeah, but we talked about that, and that had a lot to do with uh, the injury to uh, Byron Jones when uh-huh. he went down. I think probably eighty percent of his plays, Mike, were d- during that period over the course of the year. Well,
1: yeah, we, we did figure that out, but he did play in ten games, so he, it's not like he wasn't out there. You know what I mean? Right. It's just he wasn't he wasn't a starter. You know, so he he spot filled here and there. I-
0: I can't think of a play that he made, Mike. Even okay, you can talk about those two hundred and sixty plays that he was out there for, but I can't think of a play.
1: Two hundred eighty-six, and two hundred
0: eighty-six. <laughs> I can't think. I think he may have had an interception in one of the games, but yeah. he did not make an awful lot of plays among those two hundred eighty-six that 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 are memorable per se. Right? You know right, so. Right. Well, Um,
1: he's not a guy they're probably going to leave, you know, they're, they're probably still going to work with him. He's he's a, a great athlete and, uh, we'll see what happens. You know, Tay Hayes might be a guy they try and upgrade from. He didn't get a whole lot of playing time. Uh, Jamal Perry, he's been around a while, but, uh, he hasn't done a whole lot. And, uh, those would be the guys I would be looking to upgrade from if possible.
2: Yeah, I gotta agree with both of you guys. And and uh the Igmanogany plays that I remember most were, were the ones where he was getting torched and it was uh, kind okay. of a bad kind I of got, a bad I memory. gotta stand
1: up for him though, okay? He was going against Stefan Diggs for the most part in, mm-hmm. in his first mm-hmm. NFL game. That's a I tough know. assignment.
2: <laughs> yep. Uh, No, I agree. I just, you know, that's what sticks out. Like you guys said, you know. Oh, it definitely sticks out. But in
1: fairness to him, that was that was a tough deal. He really shouldn't have had that responsibility. I got to blame the defensive coordinator for that one.
2: Yeah, Yeah, that that was a crap. That was a crap sandwich for him. No question about it. Uh, But like you know, throughout the rest of those those hundred and fifty plays, I don't remember any exciting, uh, you know, great plays. So that's none of us do. That's where that's where, you know, he again, he's another developmental player like like what Lewis said. And uh, you know, we just gotta hope that these guys can get more playing time and and keep climbing the ladder.
1: Okay, well, you know what? There I'm looking at his numbers and the his reception percentage against him was sixty point seven percent. Byron Jones, sixty-five point six percent. Mm-hmm. Okay, so he, he was playing about at the level of Byron Jones, when, when you look at it from that perspective.
0: It, it's the type of passes, though, Mike, as well. I mean, sometimes those numbers, you know, they they don't tell you the whole story. Well, no,
1: if, they don't, but they're telling you that he's he's covering his man well enough that they're not throwing at him, you know, 40% of the time. You know what I mean?
0: I guess, I mean, what I, when I look at that statistic, okay, I, I say, okay, so they did complete more passes on Byron Jones than they did against him, right? But yeah, yes. how how how, how much yardage was involved in those completions? Were they 30 yard passes down the field or were they eight yard completions in front of Byron Jones? You see my point there? Yeah. So yeah, that, no. that number can be, you know, you can,
1: I'll answer your question. Byron okay. Jones gave up 17.1 yards of catch and he gave up 18 yards a catch.
0: Okay. So there wasn't much a difference there either. No. Nope. So, yep. Well, here's, here's the thing. Okay. Let's go back to him. Okay. And, I understand he went against Diggs. I get all that. And that is a tough assignment. There's no question about that. My concern as the season went forward was the fact that he was still playing behind Needham, even when Needham was struggling a bit. And we just didn't see an awful lot of him down the stretch. So you hope that these guys over the course of the season improve or the coaches feel that, okay, you know what? This guy has... You know, we've gone through a half a season. He's been through practices. He's got some starts. He's got some playing time. You know, we want to see him on the field more. We want to see what we have out of him. Well, they didn't really even put him in those positions late in the year, and and that's somewhat of a concern to me. That that's the way I look at it. He's him he's not ready.
1: He's not ready to be taking on the Stefan Diggs. He, I, you know, he's not that far along in no. His I'm, development. I'm saying
0: even in regard in regard to being a nickel nickelback, Mike, he wasn't going to come on the field and start yeah, no. over either corner. Right. I'm talking about just getting playing time in general and going against you know the three or four receivers. On the other team's roster, you know, I I just didn't see a lot of that. I think they had a mixture of other guys in as well, you know, in front of him. So yes. that is somewhat concerning. You know, he's got a year under his belt. let you know, we'll see what happens. But you know, you wanted to see something out of him. You know, maybe well, down let's the put stretch. it this
1: way: Nick Needham had twice as many sl- snaps as he did.
0: Right. Yeah.
1: You know so, that that gives you really all you need to know. I gotcha. Uh, that's that. Let's see. All right. I wanted to bring up, uh, Jimmy Johnson. He, uh, said those people who have been critical of Tua, Louis Rigoni, um, need to have patience. Uh, the <laughs> hall of fame coach believes Tua will, uh, show marked improvement in his second year. He thinks he's a good player. Uh, he likes him. He made some plays. Uh, He can throw the football. He's got a little bit of mobility. He's a young kid. As he matures and as he gets better, and as you give him a better supporting cast with all those picks, he'll be a good player. I like him. It takes time. My buddy Terry Bradshaw didn't smell the end zone until his fourth or fifth year. Now, I hope Johnson doesn't expect us to wait five years, because I won't have the patience, but uh, I think he's right. I do think we have to show some patience. Okay. Thoughts?
0: Yeah, you know my thoughts i'm not I even do gonna know comment your thoughts. On that's
1: why i mentioned your name in the middle of that i mean See? i
0: mike listen i have patience there you know i i don't want i know i come across i'm very hard on the guy but um you know when you're a top five pick you know you you gotta you gotta take the good with the bad and the bottom line is is that Um, the physical attributes are my concern you know and I understand Jimmy Johnson's points Um, I don't look at his supporting cast I don't look at I don't want to compare him to any of these other quarterbacks that came out as rookies and and lit it up for the most part I'm looking at him and him alone and what he brings to the table and I will be patient to some extent but My concerns, you know, are obvious concerns, you know, the physical attributes and what he was doing on the field, him himself, not the offensive line, not the receivers, not the running backs, not the play calling him himself. And that's where my concern lies. And I'll just leave it at that. And go ahead, Jim. (laughs) Yeah.
2: You know, Jimmy Johnson, uh, i take everything he says with a grain of salt you know he he came in and you know had that herschel walker deal and ended up with a a gold mine of of players that worked out it was like the perfect scenario uh you know he has what he says is is common sense you can't bail on the guy already uh you've got to give him some time coming off a major injury so yeah patience is required uh, that's just hard that's hard for a lot of people to swallow recently in this instant gratification society we're in uh, everybody wants to see what they want to see right now they don't want to wait so you know you've got to have some patience but uh, you know Lou touched on it his physical his physical traits aren't overwhelming uh, so when we saw some pretty mediocre play it gets hard to not want to see more right now. So I, I get it, but we've got to give this guy another shot. you gotta you got to see what he's capable of doing in year two. Give Look, him the-
1: everybody wants to see a championship parade. I get it. Yep. You know? Uh, with the quarterback, you want to see that he can complete a pass on third down. You want to see some toughness. You want to see some strong leadership, you know? Uh, there's so much you want to see from a quarterback that uh, – Uh, we didn't see, but it's not that he doesn't have the ability. It's not that he, you know, can't improve is what I'm saying. Now I know he's a small guy and that brings concern and his arm isn't the strongest and that brings concern. And until he starts playing better, people are going to critique him. That's just the way it's going to be. So hopefully with some more talent around him, he comes out next year and then the year after and, uh, shows that he was the right pick at number five. Mm Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, Jim hit it right on where, you know, he, Jimmy Johnson said the obvious. Of course, we all have to do that. I mean, I I understand that. You know, you can't just quit on the guy after one season. And, um, you know, especially with everything that went on this year. But, and it's um, still going
1: on, you know. Right, <laughs> exactly. You, you, the offense is still under construction from, exactly. the top, from the top down.
0: Exactly. But, you know, with all that being said, and you know, Jim touched on this. I touched on it as well, and so did you, Mike. I mean, there are concerns. I mean, you know, we're we're not blind. I mean, everybody sees what we saw. I mean, I, actually, there are some people that are blind and in denial over what they were actually seeing on the field. But the bottom line is, is that you wanted to see improvement as the season progressed. You wanted to see uh, better throws, better decisions, better, better, you know, bigger plays being made and we we wanted to see just something and what i
1: wanted to see was more aggressiveness now i don't know if his hands were tied or if it was the plays that were called or if it was just him not being aggressive i have no way of knowing that you know it just seemed to me that everything was a check down and everything was you know a short pass and that that gets annoying you know especially when you're used to watching what we've watched all these years
0: agreed and what we watched with you know, the quarterback that was starting prior to him, you know, I when was you going to try
1: and go a show without naming him, but we're well, not I did not right.
0: I didn't uh, name um, him. I'm okay. just saying that, you know, we, we saw, but you're right, really good quarterback play. And we got used to that for, you know, pretty much a, a full season, you know, the, the second half of last year or three, two thirds of last year. And then the first part of this year, we saw some pretty good football play, but the bottom line is this, is that, you know, as far as I'm concerned, I was disappointed in what in what I saw out of him over the course of the season as the season progressed. And I think that as a Dolphin fan, I, most people, unless, again, like I said, you're in denial, you have to sit there and say, you know what, I I kind of expected a little bit more out of him as a well. A little bit more. A little, a little bit, bit more, more out of him, exactly. Injury
1: and, it, and all, a little bit more. Just a little, a little bit more. You right. know? A little Just, bit. You wanted to see
0: some plays like, wow, you know, that was – unbelievable i mean wow this is what okay this is show me a little bit of this and there just wasn't enough of it there i mean wasn't. It, there just wasn't. wasn't i
1: mean I look i loved him in the arizona game the way he closed that game he looked like a leader he looked like a kid who had the it factor you know what i mean yes. we just didn't see enough of that that's all um, and, and you know, it, he's young and, and he really doesn't have the supporting cast around him and I'm going to expect more from him this year than we saw last year. There's just no question about that. And, uh, the guy who shall remain nameless said that he would not mind going to the Patriots.
0: Yeah. Well. Uh, we don't want to see that, that's no. for sure, because he'll come back and just light light <laughs> our asses up. And and that'll piss me off even more so than, than anything else. I mean, we definitely don't want to see that.
1: No, I don't want to see it because I don't want to hear you.
0: I can't believe you'd get pissed off, Lou.
1: No, not Louis.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, Lord. Jim, I think you were a little pissed off about some things as well so you were right behind me on that pissed off radar he was yeah, yeah he
2: was. <laughs> I, I i will admit that yes and yes deep I was, inside
1: so. i was a little upset too i mean you know yeah. he, 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 we spent the number five pick you really want to see more so well, you know hopefully we will i'm a little more optimistic than you guys are i think uh at least i think i am but um you know i'm willing to give him the time i i think that next year he's got to just be better at the end of the season than he is the beginning of the season. And hopefully they're in a position where they are either challenging for or in the playoffs. Uh, They're going to have a tougher schedule. So, you know, I want to see them end up at least where they ended up this year. And uh, then the following year, that's the year I'm really going to expect him to play like a number five pick. Um, I think that'll be far enough from his surgery, and I think they'll have enough time to add what they need to add to this offensive line and uh, the skill positions. Hopefully we'll have a nice running back then. We'll have a couple of good receivers then, you know, and I think we'll hopefully be a better team. And uh, so that that's my expectations. You guys may expect it quicker. I don't know, but that's, that's what I'm thinking.
0: Well, in today's NFL, Mike, if – you know, the team that we're at, we're 10 and six, uh, you know, the window closes quickly, guys come and go and year to year, you've got different personnel on your team. And, um, you know, as far as I'm concerned, you know, next year, they've got to take it into the playoffs they they were on the verge last year. uh, I mean, this past year, next year, they've got to be there.
1: Well, they finished 10 and six again. Uh, against a tougher schedule, are you going to be satisfied with that? Or are you not going to be satisfied unless they're in the playoffs?
0: Well, I mean, I playoffs. don't think. Yeah, playoffs. I, it, playoffs. I don't think playoffs. you can be satisfied. With, right. Exactly, Jim. You can't be satisfied without them not making the playoffs. and. You know, the schedule, Mike, I always look at the schedule and the schedule changes. It really does. We know. Teams we, know. We, expect- we talk
1: about that all the time. We'll but for right, now, time. for right now, looking at it right now, it certainly looks tougher. Teams are going to fall off and not everything is going to be like we think it's going to be. I get that.
0: Right. Exactly. And we're going to be, we're, we're going to surprise, we're going to have some some losses that we didn't expect and we're gonna have
1: like against the broncos
0: some wins right that we right. didn't expect uh right. like against the rams and against yep. the 49ers and exactly. like that. everything changes between now and next season um you know there'll be a lot of trades a lot of quarterbacks going different different situations Yeah, it's going to be a crazy
1: off season as far it, as quarterbacks is concerned you it's going to be a lot you of fun. buckle up <laughs> yeah it's, it's gonna it be sure a lot looks of fun. that way And Listen through to, it all we need to end up with a backup who can win
0: yeah, wow. and the draft is, is is a very, very good core of players as well. There's a lot of talent coming out of this year's draft, so um, we'll see what happens. It's going to yep. be fun.
1: Looking forward to it. Anything else you guys want to add?
0: I think that about does it for for me. All right, Jimbo, get back to chopping that wood. I know. <laughs> yeah, you know, I'm going to go sit in the sun tomorrow and take in 80-degree uh, weather, and I'll be thinking about you
2: yeah i doubt it i doubt it
1: you don't sound very sympathetic lois <laughs>
0: no he- jim your team's here in florida make your way to florida buddy that's all i can tell you why would you be up there in new england patriot territory to begin with so i have no sympathy for you brother
1: i hear you i hear you <laughs> all right guys thanks for joining me this evening and uh thanks everybody for listening and uh, if, if Jim doesn't freeze, we'll be back next week.
0: <laughs> Sounds
1: good. Fins up, guys.
0: Fins up. Fins up, Dolphins.
1: All right, so that's our show for this week. I just want to remind everyone that the FinFans podcast is part of the DolphinsTalk.com podcast network.